Hello and welcome to the Heal Your Heart, Heal Your Life podcast, a podcast where we talk all things healing, trauma, how did we do it, how did we get there, what was the journey along the way. Um, today's episode is not going to feature a special guest and it's going to just be with me um, and it's going to be talking about a topic that is a little bit uncomfortable for me to talk about because it is something that is quite personal for me. But what kind of podcast host would I be if I expected my guests to come on here and share their souls and bear their truth and their stories of what they've been through if I couldn't do it myself as well? So I'm really hoping that this reaches whoever it needs to reach and whoever might be going through this. I hope you found this podcast in order to find some healing with what you're going through at the moment. So today we'll be talking about healing from painful sex, which was a big part of my journey from moving from um, having a fear of men to becoming engaged to them. Um, and it's interesting because they say that these kind of traumatic experiences, they pop up in later life to be cleared when you're ready to clear them. And this popped up for me when I was ready to clear this and I was wanting a relationship again with a man. Essentially, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but my, my backstory is that uh, my first real relationship, I have had little other nothings in, beforehand, but was essentially abusive. And my first sexual experience was not a good one. It was very manipulated and very coerced and was something I was not ready to do at that time. And I guess that's where my story starts, right? Because that was my first experience of that. And I often find your first experience of something sets you up for how you imagine it would be in future. And I actually don't have much memories of the first experiences because they just, obviously it's a trauma memory, so it's not there. Trauma memories will come and go and we'll lose, like your memory around trauma will be patchy. That's what I found. There'll be bits and pieces that drop in and then there'll be other times where your brain is just so busy processing the emotion, the fear, the survival instincts that there is no room for creating memories, which in some instances can be a good thing, but in other instances can find it, can, can make it some, somewhat challenging to go back and heal from these things because you can't physically speak it, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. Um, but I guess that's where, and we'll talk about this in this episode as well, um, the brain-body connection really comes into it. If you can't heal something through talk therapy and through letting it out via your voice because you don't remember it or you don't quite understand it or it's through a children's lens, um, that's where things like, for example, I've been talking this morning about trauma yoga might come in really handy to be able to connect back in to your body because we often become so disassociated with our body when we have a trauma happen to us that um, the body remembers when we don't. And that actually came up for me in this story. So I'll go into that in a little bit. Um, and that can also be another way to heal. Let's heal through our body. We don't have to go through it mentally unless like, if there is something you will know about it, um, it'll be shown to you as to how it's still holding you back. Um, otherwise we can, we can go through it. We can heal physically, um, whether that be through yoga or breath work or something along those lines to really draw us back into who we are within our core. 
So after that experience, I didn't really have another boyfriend, I'd say until I was about 17, 18. And even then that wasn't really a sexual relationship. So I didn't really have a sexual relationship till my twenties. I was in a loving relationship. He was a great partner. He would do anything for me. I'd made sure I'd ticked all my boxes of feeling safe in terms of emotional stability. So I guess that's not what I was looking for to heal on a subconscious level in that relationship. There was a bit, a bit of me learning how to feel safe and how I can let go of control, but that was my own personal stuff um, that he helped me recognize. But for all intents and purposes, it was a great relationship. It didn't really have um, any significant issues or anything I didn't feel safe around. And so when we were intimate and when we were sexual, um, I found myself very confused as to why I was in a safe space. Everything was fine, but I could not enjoy sex. I could not feel comfortable having sex. I was in a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort and a lot of like, this isn't right. There's something about this that isn't right, you know, at that time I didn't really have a lot of ref frame of references but it was like on movies and stuff like <laughs> yeah it's not always great for women but it should be better than this and it wasn't anything to do with my partner he was great it was nothing to do with him it was just literally me trying to learn about my body and work through my trauma and so I found that I suddenly became very anxious and very scared that oh my god what if I can never have sex again comfortably like even to a level of just you know not hating it <laughs> that was that was my benchmark I wanted to get to um from feeling very pain in pain I just wanted to get to a level of not hating it because you know I had aspirations to be a mother one day and I wanted to have kids and there was this very potent fear that came up in me of like what if I can never do this again and what if I'm stuck here forever with painful sex and just have to become like asexual because I just can't do it um and that was scary for me honestly um and it is it's one of those uncomfortable things that who do you talk to about this stuff like you don't want to really tell people because it's something very personal. Um, my partner obviously had a bit of an inclination. I think he could tell, but he just didn't know how to bring it up with me. And I didn't want to talk about it to him. Um, so that just, we just kind of plodded along trying to ignore the elephant in the room with that. Um, and in the end, I ended up breaking down crying to my mother which me and my mother had never talked about sex before. So that was a big uh, quantum leap, you could say, in the, um, challenging that relationship because I thought I had a lot of shame around sex, which I now think would be uh, down the lineage. There would be a lot of shame around sex for women. And I was terrified to tell my mother because I thought she was going to yell at me and say, like, you shouldn't be doing that, you know, how dare you? The one and only time my mother had ever spoken to me about sex, she'd said to me, you must do it with someone you love. You should do it with someone you love. And I love my mother, but she was with her soulmate from 16 years old, whereas that was not the case for me. And I was like, I just, that's unrealistic. I, I don't think I'm going to be in love with my next sexual partner. Um, and this was the case. I was nowhere near ready to call it love in that relationship 
um, nor was I expecting that. Um, and so I just had this fear that she's going to yell at me. She's going to, you know, tell me off. She's going to be horrible. And it was really uh, a big deal in our relationship when she did the opposite of that. And she actually like, can't, like gave me a huge hug, supported me, loved me through that um, and didn't judge or shame for what I was going through. Um, so with her, we made a little plan. Okay, what are we gonna do? Let's go to all the best doctors, you know, let's find out what's wrong because it could be a physical problem. We can't rule that out. And I think honestly, and the idea of it being an emotional problem was not even on anyone's radar, not on my mother's, not on my own. And it must be a physical problem, right? Sex is a physical thing, not necessarily. So I went to all the best doctors. I went to a gynecologist. I spent, it's like astronomical to see a gynecologist these days, um, even with a Medicare rebate. <laughs> um, so I went to a gynecologist. I went to my local doctor, even things like pap smears. I just could not do it because I was in too much pain. I couldn't use tampons. Anything like that was too difficult for me. Um, and doctor's results came back, went in to have an appointment and they just said, everything's perfect. You know, physically you are totally fine. We're not gonna diagnose you with anything. Like I was doing some research, there's things called vaginismus and things like that, which is pain associated with the cervix. Um, but I didn't get diagnosed with anything. And so she turned to me and she goes, well, you're a psychology student, right? And I was like, yeah, I was studying psych at the time this is a mental thing. So you should be, you should be able to work on that because you're a psych student, right? And I just, my, my stomach dropped. I just remember being like, oh my God, where do I even start with this psychological thing? I just wanted a miracle pill that you could have just given me and I could have just left the doctor's office and been totally fine once I took the pill because that's what we're used to in our medical model, right? And that wasn't the answer. Um, and I guess in some respects, I'm grateful that it wasn't a physical problem. It was a mental problem. Um, but I was terrified. I was like, how am I going to work with this? I have no idea. And I said to the universe, I was like, what do I do? So I was really, I started growing into my spirituality at that time as well. So, and again, take this or leave it if it resonates for some of you who find this, you might not be into spiritual side of things, but that's just who I am. So that's what I'm going to share on my podcast. I said to the universe, I said to my guides, so I believe that everyone has guides who guide them through this life, who are spiritual entities of some description. Help me, help me, help me, help me. I need help with this. How am I ever going to be a mother? This is a lifelong dream of mine. Like, I can't work this out. I don't know where to start. Like, show me a sign, show me something. And that all led back to my original trauma, essentially. Um, and even if you don't believe in guides, what is the harm of putting out to the universe, help me, send me someone, send me something, whether that be a doctor, whether that be a friend who's going through the same thing or been through the same thing or know someone, there is always someone in your network who can help. Um, it's just having the courage to ask for that help when you're going through something as vulnerable as this and being able to share that, which is the hard part. And so we began on the mental journey of healing my trauma in order to heal my painful sex situation. 
Um, in that meantime, me and my partner broke up. So I was just back to doing my own thing, um, which was fine for me because I almost felt this sense of excessive pressure around, um, which this wasn't the reason we broke up. There was other reasons we broke up, but um, I, felt, I felt, felt for me, there was this excessive pressure about being in a partnership with someone who I was looking at prospectively, like, are we gonna be together forever kind of vibes. Um, and then having this sex problem, like rear its ugly head and potentially ruin that for me. It was too much. It was too many things going on at the same time. So for me, I was like, you know what? An ideal situation for this would be someone external who I kind of know, don't really know. And it's more of a one night stand situation um, because that's how I felt safe enough because if it went wrong or if I couldn't do it and I had to leave, um, you know, at least I wouldn't have to talk to that person again if I felt that shame or I felt that pressure. It was just so much shame around sex. And I wish I could go back and tell my younger self now that, you know, it's mostly self-imposed shame and you don't have to prescribe to, you know, you're not good enough if you can't, you know, have a one night stand. Now, I understand for some people having either a one night stand or just sleeping with someone randomly might feel uncomfortable for them, if, especially with something this vulnerable. But for me, I guess in my brain, I logicalized it as, you know, um, I had boundaries around it, which at the time I didn't realize I didn't have any boundaries. That was part of my growth journey, but we'll get back to that in a second. So my, I wasn't really that keen on someone I just met going home with because, you know, I probably want to get to know someone a little bit more, but at the same time, wanted it to be someone I wasn't super interested in because then the pressure kind of raised its ugly head again. And so I ended up being a friend of a friend and this actually worked really perfectly for me because it meant that I felt safe that this person wasn't going to hurt me because they were my friend's friend, right? Um, for me, it was like, if something bad happens here, one, my friend knows about it. And two, they know that they could chase up their friend and that there's an issue with this friend, if that's the case. So this person is more likely to treat me better because he has his own stuff around what if, um, you know, this gets back to the girls. And oddly, that's what I manifested. Someone who cared a lot about continuing that relationship with those other friends and well, treated me well anyway, I think. But um, but anyway, let's backtrack a minute because I've gone ahead of myself. So before we got to even the idea of maybe bringing someone else into it, there was a whole heap of stuff around what do I need to do within myself to work through this? So I'd buried that trauma of the first sexual experience because it was too much for me when I was that young. I couldn't handle it. I pretended it never happened because that was the best way to move on with my life. So I had to go back and dredge up those memories and start from scratch essentially. And this is where I started to realize I had a bit of a fear around men because things were coming up that were very uncomfortable and made me feel not safe. And someone had also told me that when you're anxious, your body can get very tense. And so that's the, in a way, the brain body connection I never, prescribed to or believed in until I found Louise Hayes you can hear your life book 
the idea that uh, mental difficulties can manifest as a physical ailment. And this was the case in this situation. My mental distress around my first sexual experience and not having processed that trauma was manifesting into a physical issue of excessive pain in my body when I was having sex. And I didn't know why. So I started there. That book had some awesome affirmations as if you had certain issues, you could find them and see what that related to on an energetic spiritual level. And I tried to work on my anxiety because it always had a, a little bit of low level anxiety, nothing diagnosed, but enough to know it's there of when things got stressful or pressured, if I was ever pressured or things like that, I would get very tense. And my whole life I've had, even now I have very tense muscles. I went to a masseuse the other day and I was getting a full body massage to my calves. And I said to her, I have really tight calves. Don't know why it's just something I have. And she looked at me and she goes, do you wear heels every day? Cause your calves literally look like they are in heel position every day. And I was like, no, I barely ever wear heels. <laughs> but that's just the tension that my body holds. When I have anxiety, when I have stress, I feel it in my body. The first time I ended up in a management position, straight away my back. Felt the weight of the world on my shoulders, felt the stress and the pressure of leadership, I suppose. That's just a random example. But this, it was the same, right? When it came to sex, I was very tense. My body, my muscles, everything went into fight or flight. And because it was expecting pain, I was expecting mental and physical pain because that's all I'd ever experienced, right? And even I'd, I've done yoga before and I've had people on this podcast talk about tension in your hips and in your womb space and in your stomach area and region, like pretty much your vagina region, I suppose. Um, and just holding that tension without even realizing it's there. That's trauma, right? The body remembers. The body remembered and was storing tension in my muscles, including my like pelvic floor and whatever other muscles are down there. Sorry guys, I'm not very good with the physical side of things, interestingly. Um, so that was kind of like a key that unlocked something in me that I was like, okay, I think I can work with this now. So obviously I need to work on my trauma. I need to go to therapy. I need to be working through this in some way. And I was seeing a trauma therapist and that was great. Um, but physically, I need to be paying attention to where I'm feeling tense and tight. And for me, I didn't even notice until I consciously got this realization about the body holding trauma and holding stress. My stomach was always tense, was always tight, was always held. And it isn't until I actually think about it that it relaxes and it releases. And I think I was just naturally on high alert and tension that whole time. It was almost like, it's bracing for impact. It's like expecting, expecting something bad to happen. So you're just, you're in that fight or flight, you're tense, you're stressed, you're ready to run essentially. Um, that is how I was approaching my sexual experiences, even with safe partners who I knew mentally were safe. Consciously, I knew all of that, but subconsciously my body was like, we remember the trauma, we're gonna tense up here because we don't feel safe in this situation.
So it was a process of how do I build safety in my life? How do I release anxiety? So I was doing a lot of stuff around breath work, meditation, mindfulness, myself to a point in my life where I can flick like a switch meditative state on in my brain even when I'm awake so I can breathe into it if I know like I don't know if I'm at the physio and I know they're about to (laughs) press my calves or something and put me in pain my physio's office said relax I need you to relax for a second while I do this and then I can go into that place but I need to learn how to do that because that's what helped me in my sexual experience situation so there was that aspect the breath work the mindfulness the just being able to sit comfortably and come back to myself without all the crazy anxiety around just being able to ground back into my body was super important in helping me feel safe the other aspect was I realized I didn't have any boundaries I was a people pleaser I was someone who'd been raised my entire life to not cause any conflict to be a good girl and to you know um, if I feel uncomfortable you know, just do my best to please everyone in that situation because that's how I'm going to receive love and that's how I'm going to get love back. Unfortunately, that is an assumption. That is not a rule. You will not get love from everyone you people please. Uh, And that's what I learned from my parents and my parents were loving parents, even though they obviously had high expectations of me being a good girl, which is now in my life now. Then my first sexual experience that person just wanted to manipulate and knew they could use that to manipulate me. And so I didn't realize that my people pleasing was a source of manipulation for people that because I couldn't stand up for myself and say no, and, you know, deal with the conflict of those consequences Um, which probably, again, was back to trauma and fear um, of anxiety of what will happen. Not only will my partner hate me if I say no, but they they might also hurt me. That put me in a perpetual 24-7 unsafe feeling state. And so there was a lot of work I had to do around unpicking and unlearning people-pleasing and getting to the point where I felt comfortable enough to say, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, no matter how much the other person wanted it or no matter how much I felt like I was letting them down. And I guess that is probably another reason why it felt safer for me to go for someone who was a bit external and a bit on the outer and not someone who I'm like madly in love with because I didn't care about their approval as much. If I pissed them off, it was going to, it was fine. It was not a big deal because, you know, if they cut me out of their life and never spoke to me again, I didn't care. Um, And boundaries, boundaries help me learn how to feel safe by being able to learn how to, what a boundary is, number one. Boundary is something that helps you feel comfortable and safe and that like, no, I don't feel comfortable with that is boundary setting. Um, So you have boundaries in every area of your life, but obviously sexual boundaries was a big deal for me right now. What situation would I feel safe to have sex in and And essentially the crux of that for me was I need to be with someone who, if I am uncomfortable or if I'm in a lot of pain, I can say, no, I can't do this right now, even in the middle of it. And they will be okay. They will love and support me and respect my boundary and not hold that against me or make me feel guilty or try to convince me. 
I needed someone who would respect that. And once I'd kind of done the work around dealing with conflicts and being able to say no, and actually knowing what my boundaries were, I felt safe enough to go out and find that person and give this a trial run. And I say all this stuff, like I learned my boundaries and it sounds so easy, but this stuff takes time. It takes work with your therapist or with your whatever spiritual healer you guys go to. Um, it takes inner work as well. Um, like piecing where these things came from, why they're there and are they still worth, are they still like a good coping mechanism for your life today like they were when you're in childhood or is it time to upgrade to something different for me it was time to upgrade people pleaser was not serving me anymore it was just allowing me to be essentially manipulated and abused by some people so it was something I had to get rid of in order to feel safe again and once I felt more safe and I had my anxiety in check I was like okay let's give this a crack and see how it goes and so I went out with that friend of a friend and we slept together and I was like shocked to realize I actually enjoyed it. It actually went well. There was a few things that was a little bit uncomfortable of like, he said a few weird things, but I, yeah, I knew I was fine. No matter, no matter what happened, I knew I was fine. And I didn't feel unsafe at any point during that interaction. And I knew I could leave at any point during that interaction. And that is how I healed. I, I emotionally healed my block around sexuality and around feeling safe enough within my body to let someone in and be vulnerable again. Because sex is the most vulnerable position you will ever find yourself in, essentially. Like people change when usually not in a bad way um, when you see them in a sexual light because they're they're nervous they want to impress you they're all worried because they're vulnerable like you could reject them and whatever else but I found for me for me it was a mental game and so I guess that's my message for you guys if you've had painful sex your whole life or if this is something you've been struggling with where does it lead back to is there more to it than just the physical aspect of things? Is there other ways you can heal and to give it a crack with someone you feel safe with? Even if it goes pear-shaped, you know, that person is a safe person, you're going to be okay. You're allowed to say no. You're allowed to assert boundaries. You're allowed to ask blatantly for consent. There's many, any men out there listening. Um, you're not alone. I know I felt in the deep depths of depression almost to the point where I it, it, I was so hard on myself those first few times um when it didn't work out or when something wasn't going right with my partner and stuff that I I would hate on myself mentally I would be so hard on myself I'm like never gonna work out I'm gonna be alone forever da, 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 all these horrible thoughts just attacking me and I actually got thrush out of that because that was my body's way of projecting that anger out at myself stopping all sex from happening so the body and the mental and the and the trauma is so interlinked and if you need help and assistance help and assistance is out there there are so many amazing 
um, sexual therapists out there these days. I know one who I've planned to interview on this podcast, but if you need any references or any resources to people who, you know, maybe a recommendation, maybe you can't just find someone on the internet because you don't know if they feel safe. Um, if you need someone, I can put those links below. But yeah, you're not alone. Ask for help. It can work out. It's possible. I guess that's the whole point of this podcast, but the whole point of this episode as well is that you you can heal your trauma. It It is possible. Even when it feels like you're going through the shit and it's really challenging and it's really tough and how will we ever get there? You'll find a way. The right people will come to you. You've just got to hold that belief and hold the and let go of the beliefs of not feeling good enough and hating on yourself because that doesn't help. It just makes everything worse. So yeah, I hope someone out there has found some support through this. And if you need to reach out, please feel free. I'm more than open to have a chat about this stuff with you guys. Much love, everyone. Have a great day.